How companies support their female employees that are going through perimenopause and menopause is starting to hit the headlines. Think about it. Most women go through the menopause transition between the ages of 45 and 60. This is when women are in their professional prime. It's nearly impossible to be at your best at work when you are dealing with hot flashes, fatigue, and brain fog. This is especially true when there's no support for what you're going through at work. There are changes on the horizon, but we'll usher in these changes much more quickly if we can become active participants in the solution. For that reason, I've invited Tamsin Fidel on the Women Taking the Lead podcast. Tamsin Fidel is an Emmy award-winning newscaster and author. In addition to being the PIX 11 News primetime anchor, Tamsin is an advocate for women in the next chapters of their lives. She's an ambassador for Let's Talk Menopause, a nonprofit invested in changing the conversation around menopause, and she is an expert for menopause in the workplace. In this episode, Tamsin and I discussed what's going on in the workplace around menopause now, what companies can do to support their female employees who are going through menopause, best practices of a menopause policy, and what individuals can do to support their colleagues and get the ball rolling on making these changes in their own companies. If you are new to the Women Taking Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn. I'm the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that works with individuals, organizations, and boards to close the performance gap by attracting, developing, and successfully promoting more women into senior levels of leadership. These benefits are realized through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for Jody Flynn on the platform. I am very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of your search results. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, Tamsin. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled to have you. In fact, just so the listeners know, I may have mentioned this in the intro, but you know, it wasn't too long ago that I, you know, I normally read the headlines of the New York Times on my lunch break just to see what's going on with the world. I can't always dive deep and nor, you know, nor can like my heart always take diving deep into some of the uh, the articles. But there was an article that definitely caught my attention not too long ago, and I had to read through it. And it was all about some research that had been done around companies that were supporting their female employees who were going through menopause. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe no. it because it seems like for the longest time, the only times we talk about menopause is when someone's cracking a joke or we kind of do that thing where we're like, oh, you know, she's going through this or I'm going through this. Yeah. You know, we almost talk about it in whispers, kind of like when a young girl gets her period, it's like, oh, she's got her period now. 
You know, Mm -hmm. like periods and menopause are not things that we typically want to talk about so openly. And it seems as if things are changing a little bit. Now, on the one hand, I can understand why as women, we didn't want to talk about menopause in the workplace because for the longest time, we wanted to show we're just as good as men. We can do this job as good as any man. So anything that made us different or other, or might seem to be like a detraction to our abilities, we didn't want to talk about it. So a lot of women have been working going through menopause, experiencing all of the symptoms, but like, hallelujah, times are changing. So tell me about what's going on in the workplace around menopause now. Well, you know, I think the first thing that's going on is a conversation, a conversation to try and create, or at least take a first step in the right direction of creating a menopause friendly workplace, because this is a place we spend a majority of our time. Uh, you know, oftentimes women don't have a, a doctor that they feel comfortable talking to or has knowledge of, of this part of life, this transition that's going on in life. And oftentimes go into work saying like, where can I get some help from this? Mm-hmm. And so the conversation is beginning to get started. So women can feel more comfortable in that environment because a lot of these symptoms go into the, you know, we don't, we don't stop the symptoms at home, go into work and then come back home and have the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Those symptoms, keep going. whether it's, you know, not being able to get enough sleep at night. So you're exhausted the next day, whether it's brain fog, whether it's hot flashes and, you know, and feeling very uncomfortable. If you're a woman working in a uniform, if you're a woman working in a corner office and you're going to a, a meeting down the hallway uh, with, you know, 10 men and three women and you're getting, you're having a hot flash mm-hmm. or your heart's beating So those are real symptoms that women over the years have gone through quietly, silently, uh, oftentimes uh, shamed by, um, as you said, not wanting to feel like they were any different or weaker than their, their male counterparts. And I think that the fact now that we're finally talking about that and having this kind of conversation in the workplace is incredible. And then kudos to the workplaces that are actually doing something about it. Oh, amen. And I, I, it's amazing that we're, we're talking, not just talking about it, talking about it openly, like in all sectors of the organization. And speaking of like what companies are, are doing now, because they are responding, not every company, but like there, there's Mm -hmm. like a slow build to it. And I actually, um, pulled a quote, like some language from the let's talk menopause website. And I know you are an ambassador for that organization and would love to hear more about the work that they do too, but I'm going to read this and I'm going to follow up with a question. So for all of you listening, like, like really listen to this. Most women go through the menopause transition between ages 45 and 60, which is also when they reach their professional prime. But due to a frequent lack of support in the workplace, coupled with an insufficient menopause standard of care, many in that many in that age range drop out, leaving a void of senior female role models and a loss of institutional knowledge. That really really hit me. Like we talk about menopause and because like, actually, because we don't talk about menopause, we assume as young women, you know, who are, aren't going through it that, or I'm, I'm assuming men also think this too. It's just something you grow through. Like you can, you can handle it. Like you just, it's, it's different. It's a change, but (laughs) yep. You know, like any stage of life, you just, you just go through it, but that, that is not true. There are women who do feel the need to 
leave their jobs just because it becomes too much. It's too much to handle. Like you said, like imagine having to sit through a meeting, having a hot flash, like your heart's beating out of your chest and like the embarrassment and the shame around that as well. So what can companies do to support their female employees who are going through menopause? Well, I mean, that's where, uh, you know, Let's Talk Menopause really uh, stole my heart in terms of the fact that they're, you know, they're a nonprofit organization, but they're really invested in changing that conversation around menopause, also around menopause in the workplace so women can get that help. And so, you know, when you talk about what different companies can do, a lot of people are talking about implementing policy, which of course is, is a big deal, you know, and, and I think the, the policy has to come with education first, like education has to be first and foremost uh, on the page so that women feel comfortable talking about that whether having a menopause point person, whether you have a menopause Mm -hmm. champion, somebody there that you can talk to to say like, hey, I need some help. Like, I'm not sure where to go. I'm not sure what I need, but I need some help. There are some companies that have done uh, physical accommodations, fans and cooling rooms, Mm -hmm. um, made it feeling like it's normal, (laughs) that that you're not asking for something so out of the ordinary that they've never heard of it before. Uh, Others are willing to go to the next step, offering flexible work hours and locations, working in the office or working remotely. And then finally, and I think this is probably the the easiest one um, and the most necessary, and it's creating an employee resource group, Mm. a a place that people can go so they know that they feel heard, that they know that there's a community. Because one of the most difficult uh, parts of menopause and what I've heard over and over again, I'm I'm working on a book and I've I've heard this over and over again is the fact that women feel like they're alone. And we're talking about 1 billion women worldwide that are going to be going uh, through menopause and they feel like they're alone. There's a problem there. And so that, yeah, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about real numbers. We're not talking about, you know, every so often. And we're not just talking about women that are menopausal or postmenopausal. We're also talking about women that are perimenopausal mm-hmm. because some of the symptoms, not all, but some of the symptoms can begin as early as late thirties and, and, you know, and, and more on average in your forties, but it can last up to seven, seven and a half years. Those are your prime working years. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about this, we're not saying like, Oh, all women over 50, that's not what it is. I mean, all women are going to be going through this. And so I think that the sooner that everybody that is involved in the process realizes that the sooner some changes can be made. So we normalize it. And it's because you don't want to feel like that woman that's going through menopause. Yeah. Yeah. You, this is a transition. You, 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 we don't whisper about women that are in other stages of their lives and we shouldn't be doing it about this. I don't know about you, but I have discovered amazing music, books, TV shows, movies, restaurants, and podcasts for sure because a friend or colleague told me about it. Our network, made up of friends, family, colleagues, and acquaintances, are a vital source of information and access to resources for us. If you find the content and suggestions from this podcast valuable, could you do me a huge favor? Could you share it with a friend or colleague? Typically, the best way to share a podcast is to share a specific episode that made you think of the other person. You can share an episode right from your podcast app, or you can send the link to the webpage found in the episode description. My goal is to help millions of women to grow and feel calm and confident in their leadership. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me to do this. 
and I thank you for helping the woman in your life be the confident leader she is meant to be by introducing her to this podcast. So thank you. That number, a billion women feeling alone all at the same time going through the same thing. And when we then start to wrap in perimenopause and postmenopause, like it's even more extreme. And, you know, I was just chatting with my boyfriend the other day because he knew that this, this was coming up and we were going to be talking about this. Um, and I'm perimenopausal and it started in my early forties, but I didn't know. I didn't know, like nobody had talked to me about like, here are the things that will change. Here's some of the symptoms, that sort of thing. And it's only when you start talking about it openly around people who do know that you get information. And I think even talking to my doctor, she was just like, "Mm, well, here's where you are, you know, this is like, but didn't have any recommendations. Well, and, and that's the problem. You know, there are a lot of doctors by their, by their own admission that don't get trained in this area, uh, except for a few hours or a few weeks even uh, in medical school. And then they have to go out and, and thank goodness that they do this, but they educate themselves. And so if, if you're with a doctor that's not comfortable talking about something like this, how, how do you get comfortable talking about it? And uh, I, I had somebody ask me recently, like, what do I do if I'm not feeling heard by my doctor or my doctor seems to dismiss it or my doctor doesn't think it's that big a deal and it's another stage in life. And I said, first and foremost, find another doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's not always a, a comfortable thing for people to do. A lot of women, uh, I myself included had been with my doctor for, you know, I don't know, 15 years. So the daunting task of going to try to find another OBGYN or somebody that was really understood what I was talking about was a daunting task. And I went to three, four, five doctors before I found somebody that really I felt comfortable with. And um, not everybody has time to do that. Not everybody you know, wants to have to do that. But I think it's really important to find a doctor that you feel understands you and doesn't say, uh, I don't know very much about hormones, so yeah. I can't address it. Or uh, maybe it's this, but have this, you know, antidepressant, maybe that'll fix it. So I think that that's where the education comes in, that we've had to as women learn a lot of this on our own. Yeah. And you know, the, the numbers are astounding. I remember seeing a statistic one time that, you know, when you added up the number of women who are perimenopausal and menopausal, that one doctor, a third to half of their female patients could be going through either perimenopause or menopause. And if they have Mm -hmm. no training, that when these patients present themselves because they're going through something, they're having symptoms, and the doctor doesn't have enough awareness to factor in their hormones, that mm-hmm. they could actually be mistreated. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that and that that is the problem. I mean, I've t- I've had I've talked to so many women that say, "Look, I I was given an antidepressant, and not that that couldn't fix certain symptoms, but if there are women that are going through other symptoms along with that, and that's not being treated, um, you've got a problem there, you know. And the fact that we go through it for so long, this isn't like a a, a quick one and done. This is years in some cases, mm-hmm. and so there are different things that. You know, hormone therapy can treat. There's some women that can't take hormones, so then they want to know what their options are. So you've got to 
do your educate, you know, you got to do your research on what you're going to be comfortable with, but you also need to have a doctor that you feel comfortable talking to. So all of those things are addressed, whether it's osteoporosis, whether it's a, you know, it's cardiac, whether it's, uh, you know, brain health, there are a lot of different areas of this that are important to address. A hundred percent. I think the more we do talk about it, the more we just have to normalize the conversation. Like this is, this is just something. And I think this, this, um, notion that, oh God, it's a woman's issue, that sort of thing. Like, like women can give birth and so their bodies are different. And so we do have different medical needs and, and cycles in, in Mm -hmm. our lifetime that we go through and it's normal and it's just part of being a woman and it doesn't have to be something that makes us other, you know? So this is, this has got me thinking, you know, Definitely there are companies like that can do things to support their female employees, but oftentimes it's an employee bringing it to the company saying, you know, this is going on. What can we do? So what can individuals do to one, support their colleagues and two, get the ball rolling on making these changes in their own companies? Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing is not be afraid to talk about it. I, I, joked around about two years ago saying I felt like the menopause whisperer at my, at my studio. Cause people knew I was talking about it and they'd come up and they go, I think I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, you know, or stop me in the bathroom and say like, I've got this, I've got this. And I thought, wow, if I'm your person like that, then, then we're not doing ourselves, you know, we're not doing ourselves any service to not have 10 of, of, of me or somebody that has more education than I do about it. So I think first of all, uh, feeling open about talking about it because that is really, really important. Um, I think that also going to your, you know, human resources department and make sure that, you know, you've got somebody that, that listens and say, look, we don't have this policy here. How can we make our organization menopause friendly? Because more people are experiencing it at work than ever before. And it's important that employers uh, at least are aware, are educated and have support put in place. You know, and I was, I was thinking early when you were talking about the ERGs as well, the employee resource resource groups, it's so important to have a senior leader as a sponsor of those groups, because I think they're amazing as a place where we can come talk about specific things. I know there's employee resource groups for all different things, women, BIPOC, right. um, you know, uh, LGBT, um, Q, um, mm-hmm. I said that wrong. LGBTQ. Yeah. So, so LGBTQ groups and it's, it's important to have those safe spaces where we can come together and talk about things where I see it going wrong. Is it, it's, that's where it stops because there has to be an advocate, you know, that sponsor who's bringing the concerns of the group to the senior leaders of an organization into the decision makers who can do something. So definitely talking about it, talking about it openly, but then also finding those sponsors, those advocates within the company can make a huge difference. Tell us more about Let's Talk Menopause, their mission and what they're doing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're doing exactly what we're talking about is really trying to make sure that we, you know, normalize this conversation, but also create programs so uh, women can engage and connect. Uh, I did a organization, I did a um, event with them not too long ago. We had, I think we had close to 500 women show up that just wanted to, to, to listen and to talk. And so, you know, really their mission is to make sure that they change the conversation around a menopause. It's a nonprofit. You can go on their website. There's a lot of different downloadables there where you can uh, connect 
you can learn more about menopause policies. Uh, they have different partnerships involved there. And, and that's what uh, is most important to them to make sure that, you know, we're all taking care of one another and making sure that voices are heard, especially in, you know, especially in this space. They've done incredible things. They had a big billboard go up uh, in October during Menopause Awareness Month. I mean, these are things that I don't think we would have ever seen before unless there was somebody that was very strong uh, behind it, pushing for it. So uh, this nonprofit has done great things. Uh, the website also has lists of symptoms, uh, long-term health risks, uh, mental health, and then menopause in the workplace, because these are things that we all you know, need to know along with the programs that, yeah. that they offer as well. Yeah. I found the website so user-friendly and, yeah. and, and eye-catching as well. Yeah. So for those of you listening, you have to go check out letstalkmenopause.org to get all of those resources. I think you're, you're good. It's, you know, I, I read some of the information from the website yeah. earlier. Yeah. It's some of it is just mind blowing. So you're definitely going to want to check that out. And Tamsin, where can people reach out to you? Where can they find you, find out more about you and connect with you? Sure. Um, uh, social media is always good at Tamsin Fidel. And then I have a website as well, TamsinFidel.com. So either one of those places. And, you know, I just, um, I talked to a lot of people. We've built like an incredible community and um, that's why I'm excited, excited to be part of Let's Talk Menopause too, because we bring more and more information to that community as well. I'm a, you know, a woman in the workplace every single day too. So I, I, I get it. I understand the uh, symptoms. I understand what you have to push through. And, um, and I think it's important you have somebody walk alongside you to do it. Yeah. You don't have to go through it alone. Amen. Well, Tamson, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you. What were your takeaways from my conversation with Tamson? Does your company have a menopause policy? Head over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the post corresponding to this episode and spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.